Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, hey, dude, we're here. How you doing? What's up? Dude, I'm doing well. Can't complain. Uh, Life is pretty darn good. Nice. And it's a Friday. I know you're listening on a Monday or later, people, but Josh... Exciting weekend plans? What's up? Not this weekend, though. I am going to the Bert Kreischer uh, show next weekend. Are you? Uh, which I'm pretty stoked and excited about. Is that yeah. in Colorado Springs? So tarps off. Denver? That should be really funny. Yeah, it's in Colorado Springs. So nice. we're headed down to World Arena. That's cool. And uh, taking our shirts off and listening to Bert Kreischer tell jokes. <laughs> it's funny. Tonight, uh, so... The day we're recording is uh, my youngest's third birthday. So tonight we are having, after nice. gymnastics, we're having some family over and doing like pizza and cake and all of that. Dude, I don't know if I told you this, but the last two weeks, uh, Jana and I like every night have been building a dollhouse for Charlotte and it looks like no. it turned out, but we finished it literally last night. Like I was shingling the roof and like getting it done. Like was it a... Uh, I bought like a set. Was it a kit or did you guys like build it from scratch? It was a okay. kit, but uh, dude, cool. this kit literally came. It was so... For those in- listening, because everybody's listening, yeah. Andrew's showing me a picture right now. I showed you a picture. <laughs> it was a kit, but um, like the instructions were like literally 18 pages long of how to assemble. And dude, I kid you not. There was an, there was like a four page, like other thing that wasn't instructions. It was just like a, if you're new to doing a dollhouse guide of how not to freak out, (laughs) it was like, don't freak out. Here's what you do. Dude, it was so intense. So we got it done, but it was like glue six things and then let that glue dry. So you got to wait like two hours, you know? So it's like night one, you just glue all these windows together. Then like anyway, but we got it, man. We got it done. And uh, she's super stoked about it. She and my oldest, because they both get to play with it. So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, man. Oh, so they know about it. It's not like a surprise. We gave it to him this morning uh, to cat to Charlotte this morning, rather than waiting because Later, when like her cousins are over, it will be mayhem, and I'm gonna have the dollhouse hidden. <laughs> like, I'm not leaving that out because if somebody falls on that gotcha. thing and smashes it, I'm gonna be really, really upset. Yeah. Like, that was a lot of work. There's like, there's another four page booklet actually inside the box. It's yeah. like, if someone breaks your dollhouse, don't freak out. Dollhouse, here's how it repairs. It. Yeah, repair kit. You can buy that here. But anyway, man. It's cool. Like it's uh, it's wild. She's three. Um, How big are the dolls that she puts in there? Like that's a pretty big dollhouse. We got these little like hedgehog family. There's like four hedgehogs, and they're I don't know maybe five or six inches tall as the adults, and then the younger ones are smaller. But that's fun. They fit in there just right, and like you know, my parents got her some cool stuff to go with it. She has so much dollhouse gear. She doesn't even know at this point, but by tonight she'll be like, this is way too much. So it'll be fun, man. That's cool. Yeah. She was pumped. She was pumped, but it's fun to celebrate and kids love birthdays, you know? And, uh, 
Sometimes they wake up at five in the morning because they're pumped it's their birthday, but that's okay. Here we are. Happy Friday. You have a birthday. You have a birthday coming up. Are you doing anything for your birthday? I am. February 21st is my birthday. And right around then, uh, so we live right next to this little ski resort. And they have a snow tubing hill with uh, with like, uh, like a people mover carpet that goes up it. So last year, Jana and I just did like a date and included that in, as part of it to have fun. This year, I'm trying to have an adult takeover of the snow tubing hill for my birthday. So I'm inviting like everybody local. And Josh, if you want to fly in, uh, I'll text you the details. Um, But uh, I already already looked. Tickets are like 400. Are they? Yeah. But I did look. Yeah, fair. But uh, anyway, we're going to like, yeah, grab burgers before there's like a little bar at the ski resort where food's really reasonable grab burgers and then uh then head up and go snow tubing should be really fun yeah man because you know what it's like i like dude that is cool february birthdays it's like the coldest dreariest part of the year so normally they're not that fun so i'm like i'm just gonna embrace winter and like go for it you know have a good time yeah man yeah, and those hills are nuts. We went to one up here, yeah. I think, over spring break last year. Yeah. And I felt like I was going to die every time I was going down the hill. Yeah, there's there's airbags at the end, like these giant blown-up airbags that if you go too far and oh, nice. you just run straight into them. And uh, yeah, it's pretty fun, man. But it's like you're, you're going so fast. What's the terrifying feeling? Because you're like... <laughs> Well, and you're like eight inches off the ground, right? Because like yeah. the, the yeah. Deep, and that's the piece. It just feels like any little thing's gonna hit it, and you're just gonna go tumbling. Yeah, down you hill. are definitely not in control. Like you are fully out of control. No. <laughs> it's just fun, yeah. man. It's fun. So I'm pumped for that. It'll be a good time, dude. Um, that's cool. What are we doing today? Where do you want to go with this thing? Where I know we're continuing our Holy Spirit series we just kicked off. So yeah, you want to take us in? Yeah, we could take us in talking about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, we kind of talked about when the Holy Spirit arrived through Pentecost and what does that look like for Christians uh, today as well. And we're kind of continuing on that thread and just talking about like, like how do we ask the Holy Spirit to come? What does that look like? Um, what uh, is the role of the Holy Spirit? What does he play in our life? Like, you know, Jesus said that you're going to do greater things than even I. Um, those greater things, of course, are going to come under the power of the Holy Spirit. So, um, what do those things look like? And, you know, what is the Spirit up to these days? Do we get to see the Spirit in the mm-hmm. same way and the same power of God in the same way? I think those are all the questions that we have running around in our heads. Yes. And let's be honest, we don't really have great answers because we don't come from this tradition, like, but we're going to try. We're going to try. As best we possibly can. So I figured let's let's start with talking to Jesus in prayer mm. and ask the Holy Spirit to come. Good idea. And provide some wisdom. So let me pray Good for plan. us. Good uh, plan. Holy Spirit, um, we do ask that you just uh, come in this moment, um, God, that you speak to our hearts, that your wisdom is is given, that we have clarity on on who you are and what you do. Um, God, let it teach us in new ways, um, in new ways to interact with you and uh, interact with your spirit that's at work. 
uh, here uh, today in us and around us. Um, God, we want to see your power on display. We want to see um, great faith uh, in in ourselves and in, in our people. Um, God, just teach us how to do that spirit. Um, speak to us and be in this conversation. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, dude. Uh, but yeah, where do you want to start in this whole conversation? <clears throat> Man. That's probably the good question. We have a bunch of different Bible verses we've pulled. Um, I thought maybe we could start uh, in John. Uh, I know those are the first ones you had put in, but John 14, 16 through 17 says this. And I will ask the, this was Jesus talking. And he said, and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells in you and will be, he dwells with you and will be in you. Um, Jumping forward for just a sec, John 16, seven seven through 11. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in him. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So I wanted to start there. Um, That's like, that's Jesus talking in both instances that is post- um, being raised after being crucified. So he's spending time with his disciples. He's about to ascend um, back into heaven and leave them. And he's like making the, like letting them know the helper is coming, like the spirit is coming. And when I go, it's actually good for you in this way. And anyway, like we started at Pentecost when we were talking last week about like this that when the Holy Spirit came and filled the disciples at Pentecost, and it was a wild experience. We covered that. You should go back and listen if you're interested or you didn't hear it the first time. But we're rewinding a little bit, thinking about this like the Holy Spirit is coming, and then also want to get into like what does it mean for us to actually actively ask the Holy Spirit to come into our lives, our minds, and our circumstances. So um, Josh, normally I know we read a scripture and immediately are like, what's your first takes? But I wanted to kind of like set level a little bit. Um, out of those two sections of John, what grabs your attention or what grabbed your focus in there? Uh, I, th- I think it's important to, to clarify. I think often, and maybe we talked about this last week, I gotta remember, um, we, we often accredit God, the father or Jesus for things that the spirit is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Jesus is, is God in the flesh, right. And God in the flesh left earth, left earth yeah. over, you know, 2000 years ago at this point. Um, and we now interact with God through the spirit. Um, so it's, you know, when we talk about truth and God speaking, right, that's, that's the spirit doing the work of the father for us. 
into us um, when we pray, right? It's it's the yeah. spirit to Jesus, Jesus to the Father interceding on our behalf, um, right? It's those, so like, I think we interact with, as Christians, with the spirit a lot more than we give credit to him yeah. for mm-hmm. um, or even realize ourselves. Um, and I think it's it's this piece of like, the spirit is so active in our world and in our own lives that we just, I think oftentimes we just don't even acknowledge or realize. And I think when we start to acknowledge and realize his activity more often, um, we're more inclined to one, see his work at hand, but two, um, want to partner or align ourselves with that work, uh, and be a part of what, you know, he's up to. Um, you know, we talk through like sanctification and, and God changing us, right? It's the work of the Holy Spirit that's that's doing that changing, right? God sitting on his throne, Jesus now at his right hand. And now, you know, the spirit is is dwelling in us and around us and he dwells in believers. I think the other big piece to remember is like, we can't even like, we can't even evangelize without the work of the spirit, right? Mm. You know, he tells us, I don't remember if there's these verses you read or um, in some of these others, but like, we don't find salvation or fold our souls don't find salvation without the spirit speaking that truth. Like we're not going to accept, um, you know, Jesus as Messiah and Lord Jesus as uh, death, you know, and resurrection as truth without the spirit's help, right? There's that work that's at plays it well with, without his inter- intervention, we would never know these things. Yeah. So hopefully it brings gratitude uh, to the work of the spirit that you do know these things and believe it to be true mm-hmm. if you are a believer. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's this like power piece that's at play here in, in terms of how much he's doing that'd be, that'd be worth unpacking Yeah, um, man. and kind of trying as best we can to wrap our heads around it. One thing that struck me as you were saying that, um, you know, like there, there have been nations and countries and things that have been around for a long time. Like the Roman Empire was something like a thousand years, right? Uh, United States, couple hundred years, pretty pretty young country at this point. Um, Spain been around a long time. Germany, young country. France, old country. Like there, there's countries and nations that have existed for a long time. Um, the rulers change, their their ways change, all of that. But like we talk about, like the church and like the global church and the church of the past and the present and the future. Um, I took theology one and they talked about like the big C church. And that's like the, all the Christians that have come before us, all the ones that exist now and the ones that will come after us, you know? And then like the little C church, which is like your local context, your church that you meet with, your community of believers you meet with, maybe in a building of a church, maybe not. But anyway, uh, I'm saying this because like the church has, has existed since Christ came. And it's long outlasted the Roman Empire, long outlasted uh, any other nation or really any institution I can think of, you know? And like the church, we always ascribe it to like, it's the church, it's the bride of Christ. But, um, and that's true, you know? But like the, the power of the Holy Spirit to, to be that helper that Jesus talks about, like he's going to stay with you forever. Like he's, he won't, he won't come and live for 30 some years, die, get resurrected and ascend to be with God, the father. Like 
the Holy Spirit's going to come and stay until judgment and like the end times come. Like it'll be there forever. Um, and I wonder if it's like, I, I think it's probably through the power of the Holy Spirit that that the truth of Christ, the truth of of God the Father, and the truth of like how to walk in the way of Jesus has been revealed to so many in all contexts of life and and places on the earth um, for thousands of years. Like that's probably directly a result of of the work of the Holy Spirit revealing truth to believers um, time and time again over thousands of years at this point that like even the institution of the church exists in the way it exists. So I don't know. That's a thought that struck me as you were saying that. I have a few other notes I kind of wrote about those John verses, but I don't know if that sparked anything in you. Yeah, that like... I think this is just a good sign of how the spirit is at work. Like, you know, he's the one that reveals the truth. Um, at this point, in all reality, the death and resurrection of Jesus story could have drastically changed over the last 2000 years, right? We reinterpret, we, re- we, we rewrite, we change. Like that's human condition to do things like that. Um, but the spirit has kept it intact um, from, from generation of Christians to generation of Christians. Um, so like we get to see that side of like truth being, you know, imposed. We, we think like when the, um, um, when Catholicism, you know, split off and became what it became. And then Luther, you know, wrote his thesis uh, and nailed it to the door, right? It was truth speaking to, to Luther and then the spirit allowing that um, to to continue on and, and reframe what Christianity was supposed to be. Uh, we see that that's one major example that the majority of us Christians know, but like there's numerous examples like that where the truth is being spoken and it's bringing us back to who God is originally, you know, wanted to be seen as or represented as or what truth actually is true. Um, so I think there's that piece too. the fact that we still have, I think oftentimes we, we give credit to the recorded word of God and yeah. we call the Bible and we're like, well, this is the reason it stayed the same, but we manipulate things all the time. Totally. Like if, <laughs> if we had our way, we would, the scripture would not be in the, in the state that it is in today. Yes. We've, we've been, we have manipulated and changed it numerous times, Absolutely. but there is still an underlying truth that is still true um, that the, the spirit is holding on together and revealing to yeah. Christians. Um, so we can make sure we stay on track to who God's called us to be. I think that's huge. Yeah, man. And I, I went, I went the next kind of verse in John down that, that Josh, you had pulled some verses of like, this might apply to this topic, but it's like the fulfillment of what Jesus said. So John 14, 26, a um, few chapters earlier than that last one, but still same thing. He's talking to his disciples about what it will mean once he ascends into heaven. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Um, and like, it's it's cool because it is like exactly what you're saying. Like, the Bible, the the written, you know, recordings of of things that we put in the Bible, like it's been translated into essentially every language. Maybe not everyone, um, but almost every language that is spoken today on Earth. Um, and in every translation, you can change things, you can change meanings. But like you're saying, Josh, the core of all that is true has carried through, and like even that. 
that moment of, or that, that recording in John of saying the Holy Spirit, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Like, I've never stood face to face with Jesus. I haven't walked around with him or camped with him like his disciples did or seen him doing awesome miracles and crazy works. But like, I know a lot about his ministry and what he was like. And I can infer some of what he was like by by the recorded word of God in the Bible, right? And like millions of us can. Billions of people have over time. And like it is it is by the power of the Holy Spirit even that we have good written works of like the recorded books of the Bible. You know, because like people do things for power that are crazy all the time. And there are probably a thousand kings and a thousand queens and rulers that would have gladly changed all the core tenets that they didn't like of what Christianity were, right? Like, mm-hmm. if I could just change this or that or that, my life as ruler would be easier, or I'd be richer, or I could be pope and king, or I could be whatever, you know? Like, there there would have been a million vested interests to change these things along the way. And especially to take out the dependency well, on even God look- of the word uh, of of the Bible and yeah. and put dependency on man, right? Because then then you can have a religion. Well, and I think you see it too with yeah. like, and that's what we saw with the Jews, right? Like, yeah. this is literally what they did with the word of God. Yeah, they added and took away to make it to keep their power. And then we see you know Jesus coming on the scene, and that's the that's the struggle, right? It's the struggle mm-hmm. of how dare you speak on God's behalf? Like that mm-hmm. is our job. Don't take my power and control from me. Yeah. Right. Like this is the human condition to do these types of things. And yeah. oftentimes we give it credit to like, you know, the transcripts and, and the writings that we do have from that time. Um, and, you know, we like the versions that go back and, and stay as close to those original transcripts as we have. And we give credit to those things, preserving yeah. um, the, the recorded word of God. But the reality is like, this was, this is a role of, of the spirit. Like he's the one preserving these things because yeah. before that we didn't see these things preserved. Sure. Yeah. The writings may have been preserved, but our interpretations of those writings, you know, putting ourselves in the Jewish perspective uh, would have changed along yeah. the way um, as they did. So I think there's that piece of like holding true to, and sure, there's plenty of things that probably don't matter to God as much as they probably matter to us. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to the core, tenets of our faith, you know, the death and resurrection of Jesus. Like that's the piece that, that yeah. he holds true in reminding people of where salvation is found and how it is found, you know, through Christ and through Christ alone. Yeah. Um, so I think that's huge. That is huge. But that is what huge. about power? What about the, what about the power? Like, what do we see today? Yeah. Is that where you're headed? I was gonna sort of, because I like, I'm, I'm thinking of John 14 and it's like what the spirit will do in you in you believers, in you church, in you disciples. Like we can apply that of like, what is the Holy Spirit doing in us as as people who are trying to follow in the way of Jesus and know God the Father? Like I, I think all of that applies to us. And he talks about him being the spirit of truth. Um, like you know him and he will dwell in you. And I wanted to pause there for a minute uh, before we move into like power and especially like what does it mean that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment um, 
and that he convicted the prince of the world, like Satan, you know, Lucifer, like that, that thing of what the Holy Spirit does in us and this idea that he's like indwelling us is kind of a wild thought. <laughs> like it is wild thought, but that we have the Holy Spirit actually dwelling in and with us and that he's the spirit of truth and that, that like he's revealing things to us and making known things to us and speaking things to us. Um, I had a conversation with a friend earlier today and he's going through some stuff and physically he and his wife have not slept much for like months, you know, cause they have multiple kids. One's a newborn has a lot of health needs and like, they're just worn thin physically and, and it's playing out into like all aspects of his life. Right. And, and one thing we were talking about is like remembering the faith faithfulness of God. Like what has God done in your last year of life? What has he done in your last five years? You tell last 10 years. Right. And, and those things that give you doubt and worry today, how can we remember those right now? Right. In our circumstances. And, Dude, like for me, one of the simplest ways that that the power of the Holy Spirit shows up in my life frequently is like when I'm in moments of doubt or moments of fear or moments where I'm considering doing things that I know are not God's will, like I feel a, a gentle reminder uh of God's faithfulness in the past or of like God's character and who I want to strive to be like, and I feel those nudges by the power of the Holy spirit. So I think when it's saying he's going to dwell in you, I think that's like a literal <laughs> thing. It's like, you know, you have like your mental, uh, mental, uh, conversation running but it's almost like in my mind, I can hear this gentle nudge or a whisper by the Holy Spirit of like, no, go left, don't go right. Or do you remember that time when, you know, or don't forget that and like fill in the blanks after that. So I just wanted to like, it's a weird concept to say like the Holy, a spirit at all that's not your own is going to like dwell in and with you. But I wanted to pause there for a minute and and kind of get your reaction of like, what does that even mean to have this like Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, like dwelling in us to you, Josh? How does that show up? Yeah, I, I think this is where like the spiritual side of our lives that oftentimes we don't acknowledge is at play, right? Like, yeah. and it gets... This is where things get wishy-washy, for lack of a better term. You know, the, um, Jesus tells us how to remember it in the beginning of one of the Gospels. He's talking to his disciples, and he says, you know, the Spirit of God is like the wind. It's coming and going. We don't know where it's, you know, going to next kind of thing. And it, this is kind of the, the peace that's at play here. And granted, we have the Spirit dwelling in us. He's not going anywhere. He is our uh, eternal connection back to God, um, at least for this life. Uh, as we get ready for the next and we're all back together. But, um, you know, I, I think this is that piece that like, we don't know how to fully express or explain because we don't 
we don't spend a lot of time necessarily acknowledging the spiritual realm. Mm. Um, but like, that's what's going on here is, is like, there is definitely a world that's at play right now um, that we don't fully understand. And I don't think we're supposed to understand it. I think this is where Christians often get themselves in trouble as well as we want to wrap our heads around it. So we go down these rabbit trails. Yeah. Uh, I always think of um, the tower of um, tower of Babel yeah. instance, right? society and humanity could get too much knowledge and information that God does not want you to have. Uh, and then he, you know, kind of spreads everybody out. Right. Mm -hmm. I think there's this, this piece inside of humans, or at least certain humans, especially Christian, you know, certain Christian humans is we, we have this need to know all of truth. And I don't think that's our role yeah. to know all of truth. I think we need to know the truth that God has given us. And when we start to wrap our heads around um, more complex things. What ends up happening is we become our own God because we can answer questions uh, in ways that maybe we didn't, we weren't intended to be able to answer. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's that piece at play uh, oftentimes. And this is where a lot of Christians struggle from the relational side uh, of being in the spiritual realm with God through the spirit is we, we have to be able to logically explain something. And oftentimes in this spiritual realm, we don't have the ability to logically explain it. Yeah. Um, so we create um, logic that may, might not actually apply to how God is interacting with us. Um, so I think there's that piece of like, it's okay to feel uncomfortable hmm. and not have all the answers when we start to talk in these realms of things. Yeah. Um, that's okay. That's not bad. We can trust the spirit. And I think it goes back to like, do you trust that God is good? Mm -hmm. and if you trust that God is good, then I'm going to know what I need to know. And I'm not going to know what I don't need to know. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's there's safety in that because my God is good. Yeah. And I think when we start to wrestle with that, this just goes back to, you know, lies we believed. If we start to wrestle with that and, and start to get uneasy in those places and we don't like the uneasiness. So we pursue these things in, in, in unhealthy ways. Like we're not believing God is good. And that's the underlying lie that we've believed is God is no longer good. So I have to protect or save or whatever myself. Yeah. Um, and I don't need God to do that. Yeah. Like that's that piece that's always constantly at play in the spirit. Like we just trust, I know what I know and what I need to know to do what God has asked me to do in this life and to be the person he's called me to be in this life. And that's it. That's all I need to know. Yeah. I, I don't need to pursue too much. I don't need to pursue too little. I can just pursue the things that God placed in front of me as he prompts and, and grows me into those places. Um, I, I think is, is an uncomfortable feeling for many, yeah. um, but it, it really is the the healthy place to sit. I don't have to worry about the things that God didn't ask me to worry about. Right. We, we look at like the anxiety of the world. This is, you know, yeah. a, a rabbit trail I'll chase for a second, mm -hmm. but like the anxieties that live inside of people throughout the world, you have fears about things that aren't legitimate or real, yeah. but you're allowing them to dictate and change your life. Like that's crazy talk. Like that's not, you're not living in reality um, or at le least not the reality that's like legitimate right in front of you. Yeah. Sure. It may feel like a reality internally, but like what, what's actually happening in front of you and not the fears that you've created or the enemy has placed in there um, that, that uh, are you are, are allowing to be ring true. But because we feel this need to protect rather than to trust um, we end up in these weird places where we're trying to control things that God never asked us to control. Yeah. But that was a little bit of rabbit trail, but man, I, uh, thoughts on all. like speaking of like the power of God, like Jesus, I don't, I don't know the exact verses, but he talked to his disciples and said things like, um, 
you're going to go and do greater things than I. And and he also says things like, with faith, you can tell a mountain to move, you know, from here to there and it will move. Like that, that there is this literal and metaphorical power of God that we have access to. And there, it's not just like, I can, I can wish for a hot cup of coffee in my hand and say, by the power of the Holy Spirit, make me have a hot cup of coffee in my hand. I could say that and like believe it even, but I, I doubt it would be a thing that's in God's will um, for me to have happen. It wouldn't be a miracle he'd, he'd be likely to do because it wouldn't necessarily glorify him. I don't know. So like you can hear in my voice, I'm like trying to explain something that's hard to explain and hard to wrap around. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if you believe your God is good and you believe that, which I, I do and Josh, I know you do like, and you're, you're following in the way of Jesus and believe that the things he said and, and the way he lived was true you know, to who God is and how we're supposed to, how we're supposed to live as well, then, then we have to take those wild claims, those things that we can't put into a box and be okay, not understanding them all the way. You know, um, I've never met a Christian who's told a mountain to move and immediately seen a mountain move. Like, but God, Jesus said that. And I, I don't think it was hyperbolic. I think it was like, no, literally, like you you have access to this power um, to do things that you never could do. And, and I think some of that is access to power to actually like be in the spiritual realm while we're in the physical realm. And like talks about like the the battles of this world that you're going to fight aren't against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And like there is evil stuff going on and forces of evil, like demons and, and those who serve Satan, like there, there is power in this world that is very much against us. You know, like scripture talks about that, that Satan is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for a soul to devour. You know, he's not a friendly enemy. He's not a, not a like passive enemy who's just waiting for us to screw up. He's actively like looking for people whose souls he can devour. So like, that's ridiculous to think about, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can intercede in, in that space. We can, we can ask God to do things that we can't physically or mentally or emotionally do, you know? And we can trust that that God is is at work in and around us. And sometimes that might look like praying a wild prayer, like for a friend on their deathbed of God, would you heal them? And there's there's thousands of stories of people being miraculously healed in a way that like medicine can't explain, you know? Um, or it might be like, God, I feel I sense this like presence here trying to like bring us down. Like, Lord, would you come and fill this place with peace by the power of your Holy Spirit? I've prayed stuff like that a lot of times, man. And, uh, and without fail, uh, God shows up and things change. And it's not in a way I can easily like put on a, I can't weigh it. I can't, I can't measure it with the measuring tape, but I can feel in my spirit that something has shifted and things have changed. And it's, 
I don't know, man. It's it's interesting and it's like daunting and it's it's uh takes like faith for me at least to to even want to pray in that way or want to like lean in in that way. It's it might be easier for me to like not think about those things and not pray those prayers of like real faith for a miracle because the easier side is like, man, if I don't pray that prayer, that person couldn't possibly be let down or I won't be let down. Right. But, but when you're praying in the power of the Holy spirit and trusting God's will is going to be done, but we have a chance to, to intercede and, and ask God for what our will is to be done too. Um, that's like, I think the Holy spirit is the one listening and, and getting the, that, request in front of God, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, and that if, like we can neglect the spiritual realm in our thinking, in our lives, because it's more convenient and it's easier to measure the other things. But I think it's it's our loss and the loss of those around us if we, if we just stay out of that headspace and pretend it doesn't exist or um, say like, I'm never going to, I'm never going to ask those type of prayers. I'm never going to like lean in in that way. So I don't know, that was rambly from my side too, but I don't know uh, what you think about that. Well, I think too, like, as you were talking, like, you know, when Jesus says, you know, you have faith, even as small as a mustard seed can tell the mountain move from here. Like Jesus is telling his disciples that right after they come back, after failing to perform miracles that, that they felt like they wanted to perform um, as, as they're trying to get the kingdom started. Right. Like, so I think it's helpful to to realize that, and we like to take the perspective of, you know, it, you have to have just this small of faith. I, I don't think we realize actually how big that faith is yeah, um, in comparison to what we currently have. Right. Um, I, I think for majority of Christians, we have zero faith. Mm. Um, and, and zero is a strong word, but I think it's true. We have zero faith that God will, that God could, um, that, that God cares enough to intervene mm. um, in whatever the prayer is. And I think that's where most of us end up in that weird place of like, well, God, I feel like I, I don't think you do. I generally don't believe you have faith because mm-hmm. you know, Jesus isn't lying. He said, if you have this much, you can. Yeah. So if you can't, I would argue you don't have this much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the reality of, of our lives. And, and this goes back to, you know, when Jesus is saying it's, it's difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because they can take care of themselves, mm-hmm. right? They don't need faith. They don't need to believe that God can. They don't need to believe that God is good. Um, yep. But I, I think as we tap into these things and the only way you're going to tap into them is you have to force yourself to trust and you have to force yourself to be dependent, right? This is where like things like fasting becomes super helpful, right? It forces us to trust God and be dependent on God, even when it's difficult, even when it's hard, right? Even if it feels like my body is deteriorating, I'm going to die, right? God can intervene. He's bigger than that. Um, and it always comes back to those two truths, right? God is mighty. And God, so he's powerful. He can, uh, and God is, is good. God wants to, wants to do what's best for you. And when we believe those two things to be true, I think those are the places where we start to step out in faith and it may feel like big steps for you, but in all reality, it's probably pretty small things um, because eventually you're going to get to this place where you believe 100% God can and God will, yeah. and you will start praying crazy, big, mm-hmm. audacious prayers because this is what God told you to do. Yeah. Uh, and now the spirit is going to work on your behalf. Um, one with the father, two with, with the surroundings around us. I think oftentimes though, and this is you know worth 
paying attention to is like, I think oftentimes a lot of our prayers are around the will of other people. And one thing I find in my prayer activity in terms of the prayers that God chooses to intervene and answer and those that he doesn't choose to intervene and answer is he doesn't intervene in people's will mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. Right. He's going to let them make the decisions as they want to make them. He may change circumstances around them. He try to try to get their attention. Yeah. Um, but like, that comes back to what they desire to do. And, you know, Andrew talking about evil people, the reality is if, if you're not with the spirit, you're not you know with Jesus, then you are evil. And that's what's dealing. And I know that's hard to hear, but that's what's, that's, that's the reality of what evil is. So we're surrounded by people that are evil. We're surrounded by people that want to choose selfishness, self own way rather than God's way. Shoot. We see that in the church um, as people are maturing in the relationship with Jesus. But yeah, like there's this piece of like, God isn't going to change the will of those people because that's the life that he they've chosen. Um, but we can pray for the circumstances around those situations yeah. to change, mm-hmm. right? Like pray for the things that don't affect people, like pray for the things that don't require God, like, God to change somebody's will, right? You know, we, in any can, don't get me wrong. Like we see that he hardened Pharaoh's heart. Um, you know, that's, that's the statement that's made in, in the recorded word of God. Um, like, so he can do it, but in, in most cases, that's not how he functions. So make sure you're praying in such a way that's praying for God. This is what, this is my outcome and my hope uh, for this individual or for this situation. Um, I think this is how you can intervene in these ways um, to create environments where maybe this is going to be the outcome that they decide, right? Praying in that perspective rather than um, in specific change their will, change their, and I think this is helpful with parents and kids, right? You, mm-hmm. you see your kid growing up, turning 18, starting to live their life on their own. And you're like, well, God, just make sure they live a moral life and they're not, you know, knocking girls up and, yeah. and you know, getting high, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. Like those aren't prayers that God is probably like, that he's going to let them decide what he, they want to do with their life. Yeah. Um, but you can pray for circumstances. You can pray for situations. Yeah. You can pray for certain individuals to enter in to those relationships. We can pray for all those things and expect the God to do those things. Yeah. But going back to the power piece, I, I don't think we pray with actual faith in crazy audacious things. I always come back to, is it Elijah that takes on the, the prophets of Baal? Yes. With the fire and yep, the water, straight up. Elijah. Yeah, Elijah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to give you, so to give you kind of the the background of the story, you know, there's all these prophets of Baal. He takes on there's hundreds of them, um, and you know they try everything to start this fire. Um, Elijah says, "Well, pour water on it, do all these crazy things to it, and then watch what what God will do." I don't know about you, but if I was Elijah in that situation, I wouldn't have that kind of faith. No. I'd be like, what if he doesn't come through? Like that would be all the thoughts that are running through my head. Not that God is good. Not that God wants his power on display. Yeah. Not, or I shouldn't say power. He wants his glory on display, right? All these things are true of God. So why wouldn't I expect these things to be true? Why wouldn't I expect him to move in such a way that hearts would be changed to turn back to God, right? And for us, hearts would be changed to see the gospel as truth. Uh, and they, they come to a saving knowledge of, of Christ Jesus. Like there's that piece of like, that's the type of faith. That's what small faith, that's what the faith looks like. Yeah. Um, because it's that cause and effect you know, relationship that Jesus created with his words. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, the mountain will move. Yeah. So if the mountain is not moving, one, you're asking him to change the will of people or two, you're, you're, 
you don't have faith. Like you don't actually trust God. Mm. So take some steps back and learn how to trust God. I think that's the practical step. Look for ways to create dependence that if God doesn't come through in the, I'm not saying test him, but I am saying if God doesn't come through in this situation, I'm, I'm screwed. Yeah. Like that's the type of situations we want to create in our lives, Hmm. right? These could be financial situations. So how do I create a financial situation where if God doesn't come through, I'm screwed. Hmm. I'm going to give extremely generously. I'm going to give beyond my means and I'm going to give beyond what I think is possible. What is that going to do for me? That's going to create a dependence on God because guess what? My bills are still coming next week. Uh, But that's, that's the type of thing. Like those are the types of things that, that build faith in us. Right. Or you want to go fast, fast for a day, fast for a couple of days, fast for a week. Like, like build that into your repertoire um, to, to create a dependence on God. And when things get hard and you're hungry and you're like, God, I can't do this anymore. I lost 15 pounds and, and I, like, I'm going to die if I keep doing this. Do not believe that God is good and do not believe that God can. You're, you're, you're taking, you know, you're, you're looking at it saying, well, this is what my body's capable of doing. Yeah. But God can intervene. That's yeah. the beauty of who he is. Yeah. Right. Do I genuinely believe and have the faith that he will? Like create those envi- those situations in our lives. And I think you're going to see your faith start to increase. Your dreams are going to start to get bigger and you're going to start to see your dreams shift from selfish things that I want and want to do with my life to becoming kingdom minded things that are going to change the world of those around you. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, that's how we start it. It comes always back to like, if I don't believe God, if the mountains aren't moving, I don't believe, I don't have the faith that God can. If I don't have the faith that God can, there's a really good chance I don't trust him and I don't trust him. I need to start trusting him, which means I need to start creating dependence in my life that forces me to trust him um, because we're rich people. We could take care of ourselves in America. Yep. We don't need God to survive. Um, so we have to force ourselves to create environments for ourselves. They're going to take us to these places yeah. uh, of dependence and trust on, on Jesus. And I think that's going to grow your faith and you are going to start seeing mountains move. 100%. And man, I guess my final thought, uh, I keep going back to this like spirit of truth piece, but when you're praying those prayers like Josh was talking about, or you're putting yourself in circumstances that you can't control or where you need to have dependency on God in a different way, or when you're praying for others and you're, you're asking God to change their will or do things like that. Um, in my experience, when you're in any of those type circumstances, um, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit doesn't normally like change the will or or do things outside of you, but he often will will point to something within us and go, "Hey, this is actually what I w- want to work on." You know, you came here uh, praying for this person to change, and actually, I want to do this in you so that you're able to be used in the way that God wants you to be used, and th- so that God can minister through you to those around you in ways you don't expect. And it's like. It's the slow, patient molding of us to look more like Christ in our lives and in our days and in our minds and in our hearts um, that that I think is the work of the Holy Spirit. Part of the truth telling nature of the Holy Spirit is that often when we're focused on A, B, or C, like we should be looking at Z, right? Like and and normally our Normally, my focus is not on the thing that God would have my focus be on. And it takes moments of dependence, whether it's fasting or praying or going without or giving or whatever it is. It, it, it's normally moments of dependence where God reveals those things 
to me. And when he does, he also gives me a way by the power of his Holy Spirit to work on those things within me. Um, So I don't know, man. I think so often where I'm quick to to look out at others and, and the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth is quick to look deeper within me than I care to look or I know to look uh, at places of me that I don't realize are important until he reveals it to me. So I think that's part of this like spirit of truth nature working within us. And again, can't measure it with a, a ruler or put it on a scale, but it's true. Uh, it's true as can be, and uh, at least in my experience. So, yeah, man, I don't know if you have any final thought, but uh, I feel like there's actually more we could talk about on this come Holy Spirit subject. We didn't even get to kind of the second half of like convicting the world, probably because that's less fun to talk about. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, man, this is this has been really good. So I don't know if you have any final thoughts on where you want to take us. No, I think that's it. Like, look for opportunities to create dependence on God, right? Convicting of the world, that, that's important because revival can't happen without conviction to happen. Yeah. Um, so if you're you are looking to see a change in your people, um, the change in your neighborhood, change in your friend circles, right? It has to come from a, a, re- a realization of the sin that is just devastating their lives um, and that God has a way out um, through the Holy Spirit. But um, well, I should say through the death and resurrection of Jesus that the Holy Spirit reveals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, create dependence. As a follower of Jesus, you want to see more faith, you got to figure out ways to create dependence on yep. Jesus yep. Uh, and on the Spirit to, to move on your behalf. But dude... My friend, as always, good to have these conversations with you. Yeah, man. You too. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.